Welcome to Inside the Upside Down on the Mike Ricksecker Audio Journey on MikeRicksecker.com. here welcome to inside the upside down live on facebook we're not on youtube this evening with this show i see some people have already entered the chat we're live from the haunted road media page decided it was more appropriate than trying to do it off of my personal one so hope everybody is able to get in find it um it should also make it very much more public out here as uh, we're doing this a little bit differently uh, like i kind of explained at the end of edge of the rabbit hole um i'm working with uh video creators uh headed up by uh, tim schmoyer and and his crew and working on some different things with the um youtube channel and really the back-to-back lives uh seem to be uh hindering a few things on the channel so just being straight up honest with you guys uh you know trying to help grow the haunted road media channel out the, out there which you know, betters everything for everybody. You know, we become a bigger channel. We're able to get some bigger and better guests. And then um, you guys are able to get, you know, better and more information. So it's kind of the idea. Um, so we're going to do this here on YouTube for a little bit and then maybe pop it uh, back over to uh, YouTube every once in a while. Um, I think I said YouTube twice there. Facebook then YouTube. There we go. That's what I meant. All right. <laughs> so we do see uh, a number of people down there in the chat right now. So, and there's even Shauna Wonkel's in the chat. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Dave and Donna are in the chat. Dave and Donna are in the chat. Awesome. My friend um, Shane is in the chat. Cool. He's probably never joined us before, but found us through Heather Lynn in another podcast. Yeah. So Donna says there was no sound during the intro. Okay. Well, we'll have to have to figure out the output on that. Not us talking because they're hearing us talking. Um, <laughs> It's uh, she's talking about the uh, the little intro video. Hmm. Uh, voice is out of sync. Yeah, I know, Tom. I've been fighting that for the last three hours. I don't know what the issue is. <laughs> I'm gonna blame Frontier. It's not Frontier. It's the broadcasting software. You can blame Frontier if you want, but it's the yeah. broadcasting software. I mean, even with you know, um, you know, before Vanessa connected with me earlier. I, I could see it. I was fighting it the whole time. She and I were waiting for Freddie to get uh, connected. And once he got connected, kept fighting with it. I, it's just been out of sync all night. Nothing I do has been able to fix it. So I'm just going to have to deal for right now. Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, basically it's us sitting here talking. So just listen, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. So, all right. So we're going to be talking, um, like I said, all things paranormal. Um, really anything you guys want. We had a great guest earlier this evening, Freddie Silva. Oh, he's with, awesome. He's, he is absolutely fascinating. Um, and what I really like about him is that, yeah, he, yeah, he's definitely, um, very much into all the ancient history. Um, you know, he's done all that research at these ancient sites across the world. Um, but he's extremely open-minded to the supernatural. We were talking fairies. You know, uh, I love that you asked that question. I was holding off till the end with it yeah, on, on I purpose. Like, you not forget that. Oh, I wasn't going to forget it. Um, yeah, but I mean, he'll go to these. I mean, he had a ghost story, if you think about it. And in, in the Great Pyramid in Egypt, he had a ghost story. Yeah. Where he's a part of this group that they'll kind of, I, I kind of, tune up i guess these uh these different 
ancient sites of power where in kind of the way he puts it is that people don't know what they're doing there and they're like putting off all this weird energy, weird juju basically onto these different ancient sites. And he's part of a group that goes there and does light work um, there. And they had an opportunity by chance to actually be within the Great Pyramid in the dark, in the king's chamber. And as they're doing what they do, these light beams came out of the wall and they all saw them like independently. It's, you know, nobody wanted to talk about it afterwards and they all saw them, but that's a ghost story. Yeah. So, um, Let's see what you guys have down here in the chat to start off with. I still need to share this out, which I haven't done yet. Um, okay, so you can take this one while I share it out. Ashley Wilson-Reeves asks, anything I should do to a newly bought home other than sage the entire property? <clears throat> well, it depends on what you want to know about the property. I mean, you can sage it, yes, that always clears up any <clears throat> bad energy from whoever or whatever was in there before, um, but I think it's a great idea to uh, hop on down to the local clerk's office and do a little digging, um, do a little research and find out um, the history on the property itself, who was there before you, who was there before them, who was there in the very beginning. I mean, you never know, you know, what was there before that house? Uh, I, it's a good idea to know what you're sitting on, I think. What about um, doing something with um, like stones and maybe setting up some different stones around the, uh, the house? Like, you know, we talk, you, well, you talk a lot about black tourmaline. So yeah, black tourmaline is a good, a good stone uh, to have. And I carry one with me every day, really. I never really go anywhere without one. Uh, it soaks up and it helps to process uh, negative energy um, in a safe in a safe manner. Um, and then actually, it can also soak up enough of it because it can just break right in your hand. So it serves a purpose, you know. Uh, black tourmaline's good. Uh, clear quartz is always good on its own as well as it helps to enhance the properties of other stones around it. Um, amethyst is good. Uh, do some research. You know, any, if you have a local uh, new age store, you know, it's go raining in, in Alton, Illinois. It's raining in Alton, <laughs> Illinois. Donna down there in the chat room as you know, they, they own one of our favorite ones. So, okay. So, uh, Ashley goes on. So she does, she has done some research here. Says I called and they don't have any reports prior to 1990. I have been told by multiple people, a crime took place there by the original owners. I need to figure out how to research the land prior to the house being built. Um, a couple of different resources. So, um, did she say she went down to the clerk's office? No. Okay. So yeah, go down to the clerk's office. You can find the old land plans, check out the maps. Um, you can cross check that, uh, hit the newspaper archive. Now they might not have your exact address. Um, if the road wasn't even, if it wasn't even in there at the time, but there may be some references, like if, um, you know, if it was named a specific forest or woods or a specific field, or maybe there's a landmark nearby that, 
there could have been a story in the paper of this crime happening near such and such a landmark. So you can hit those archives, do those searches. Um, and, and what you would do with the land plats is see what some of those different uh, landmarks may be and use those as your search points uh, for, the, for the newspaper archives. So that's an idea in any case. And you also have to excuse my love here. Not only I'm, I'm cursed with sick women tonight. Vanessa was sick as a dog on uh, edge of the rabbit hole tonight. And Shauna's you've been dealing with this for about a week and a half. now. I'm sitting here in spirit actually, because yeah. I think I died last weekend. Oh, it was crazy. Yeah. Um, Patricia Annette is Rose quartz protective Hi. or no. Hello, Patricia. And thank you for sharing all of our stuff, by the way, that that's been awesome. Um, really do appreciate that. I, I don't really know if it's used as a, a protective stone, but I do know that it's good to promote uh, love in all of its many forms. Love for yourself, love for others around you. Um, so I, I carry a pretty, pretty big one of those also. Always have it with me. Plus, it's a beautiful stone. It really is. Hey, you like this. John Joseph Shanahan is in the house. He says, John. I need to get to its reigning in. Sounds awesome. You were just downstairs from it last year at the Paracon. Yeah. So he's, uh, if you guys remember John from last year at the Paracon, he is the awesome musician that was playing all that great music last year. And he'll be doing the same again this year too. So I have a skull for you. <laughs> <laughs> That's not something here. Someone's, I have a skull for you. So I, I do have a skull. You do have a skull for him. So we've had a couple questions in here from Tom McNicholas, Diane Hilbert, asking about the new car sitting right there. It's um, nice. It is. I like, really like it. It's going to be my next car whenever this one's done. <laughs> she heard 40 miles per gallon and was like, I'm sold. I mean, I drive about 40 miles a day to work. Yeah. So. so there you go. You'd go through a I gallon. Mean, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so they're uh, they're going to be towing away the old one tomorrow. Unfortunately, um, I'm going to be saying goodbye mm -hmm. tonight after this show. Seriously, I'm going to be breaking down and crying. I'm not Aww. kidding here. I know. Um, yeah, 300. Now, those of you that are into numerology, you have to love this. 317,137 miles. So you see all the threes and the ones and the sevens. Just use that comma right in the middle to divide the two. So you have 11 on one side, 11 on the other, right? When I picked up this car, rather they dropped it off there, they bring it over from another dealership because uh, they didn't have this color at the one that I went to. Um, it was sitting at 111 miles. So hmm. you got to love all the ones and... 11s so maybe and you stuff. should play the lottery with 11 as a Powerball. Yeah, like just that. can I play the lottery all 1s and 11s? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the 3s and 37s and different, you know. Yeah, it's something. There's definitely something up there. So um, I, I'm taking it as a good sign that that was, that was meant to happen right now and that this is the correct uh, car to get. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, we even talked about some of the different issues that were going on with the older car that there was some work that was going to have to be done. And so maybe it was just time, even though it still runs, it actually still runs. And it runs pretty well, actually yeah. it's, but you know, it's probably a sign that something like bad was going to happen mm -hmm. when you were several hours away from home or something like that. Yeah. 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 You are always very, very concerned. Uh, Donna Gordon says each of those numbers have their own meanings too. Yep, absolutely. And um, yeah, it's something I've always wanted to do a little bit more and dive more into numerology because I always see 
um, like the same numbers showing up in my life. And when people pay attention, that happens. Um, in fact, if you look at the numbers on my uh, tag in there for, uh, for work to be in the parking lot, it's 515. Add them up. Hmm. 11. So something up with 11. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, definitely something I want to get a little bit more into because stuff uh, does appear like that. Um, and I think Donna said something because there's some thank yous out to uh, Donna Nunnally. Um, so I, I think I missed it. There's, this chat's going by a little quick. So um, Donna Gordon, if you could be so kind, if there are questions in there that I miss, if you could just pop me a um, a message since we are on Facebook here, I'd see it. It would just pop right up for me. At least it should in any case. Hey, David um, Gladden. There you go. So, uh, yeah, Ashley saying mine are 246. I see it everywhere. Yeah, there's a lot of other numbers. Like 21 is one that plays a lot in my life. 10 is one that is a, uh, that shows up a lot. Um, 823, if you can imagine that, shows up a lot. Um, so it, it's interesting stuff for sure. Um, so let's see. Okay, Robert Hanna, uh, what kind of advice can you guys give me on wanting to start my own ghost hunting group? Wow. Okay. I mean, there's a lot of stuff. We actually have a ghost hunting 101 video that we did on Inside the Upside Down probably a year and a half ago, something like that, maybe a year ago. Um, there's a lot of good stuff within that, but just, you know, um, right off the top of my head, um, if you're looking to start your own group, I would say stay small. You know, a, a lot of these groups that try to get real big, real quick, um, end up turning out to be a big mess. But, um, I mean, I guess one of the questions, one of the first questions, do you currently investigate, you know, cause if you don't currently investigate, I would recommend getting with a group for a while and kind of learning the ropes, a reputable group, uh, that's been around for a while that is known in your area as being very reputable. Um, and, and like I said, kind of learning the ropes from them for a while. You know, if you've already been doing that and you feel like it's your time to um, to start your own group, then yeah, I would start small, two, three people, see how you mesh. And if you want to bring on a couple others, then that might be okay. I just, I don't, I don't like the big groups. And don't use TV as a guide. Yeah. <laughs> don't do it like they do it on TV. Nope. Yeah. It, and make sure you're doing it, all of it for the right reasons that, you know, like you said, that don't, don't do it like TV, but don't do it to try to get on TV either. Um, you know, I hate to say it, but in a earlier incarnation of Society of the Haunted, I mean, we started off as a small group. Everything was fine for a while. Um, but then it was like, after I moved back to Maryland, uh, Kathy, who you never met, moved to uh, Texas, it seemed like the group really just wanted to like blow up and get big, the the people that stayed in Oklahoma. And they were very, very concerned for some reason about all of these people getting their photos on the website. That was a big deal, getting photos and bios on the website. And it's like, you know, I mean, I was inundated with all kinds of work and I was the one running the website, but it's like, there's more important things to be worrying about here um, than getting your face on the website to show everybody, hey, look, I'm on, you know, the team's website. You know, we're, we were doing a lot more residentials back then. So 
to me, the important thing was helping the people, you know, so make sure the priorities are straight. Um, all right. Um, yeah, Donna, you want messenger? Yeah. In, in messenger. So that might be what I just got buzzed about. So we'll see here. So with a little bit of a different format. Um, Okay, yeah, there she's talks. Thank you, Donna. Uh, per David Golden, uh, curious on your thoughts on jars found at Crescent Hotel recently. Um, I haven't, I heard that, that some stuff was found there at Crescent Hotel, but I haven't really had a chance to dive into that. It's David Glidden. Oh, because she put Golden. So it was David Glidden. Okay, yeah. I'm sorry, David. Okay. Um, yeah, I haven't had enough time to dive into that between all the traveling I've been doing lately and trying to get books out for um, Chuck and Katie and Vanessa. And I just, yeah, I saw it in passing you know, as a headline, but I'm not going to claim I know anything just from headline reading. So I, I don't know if you had a chance to really hop into any of those articles. Uh, briefly, but I, I didn't really, I think I... I might have sent the link, or I know I bookmarked it. It's on my, I have a bookmark somewhere. I, that's all, the Crescent Hotel's been on uh, my one of my I Hope I See places, because I used to live near it. I wasn't that far away from it. Yeah, I missed a, because when I was in Oklahoma, um, and sometimes they would go out to Crescent Hotel, and I always seem to miss that one for some reason. <laughs> Not sure why, but... Um, I'll get there for sure one of these days. So yeah, it's a bucket list item. Mm-hmm. Um, per Ashley, any cool places in Michigan to investigate? Um, yeah, it, uh, I'm trying to think of it. It's um, it's the Mackinac area. Uh, it's in the movie um, somewhere in time. It was called the Grand Hotel. I forget what the actual name of the hotel in real life is, but. That one's supposed to be extremely haunted. It's also a very, very um, cool Victorian old hotel that's uh, actually on its own island. Um, yeah, and it's one of the things that's misleading about the movie is they show like you know cars and whatnot driving up to it, and they don't allow cars on the island. It was like actually like a big deal during filming to put cars in the island so they can they have that. Uh, but they'll do like horse carriage rides and stuff like that there. But yeah, it's supposed to be an extremely haunted hotel. Um, so yeah, northern part of the state. Um, okay, so what else we have um, from Tim? I think this is from Tim Schoen. Can you elaborate more about portals in vortexes? I mean, that's that's a whole show in and of itself. I think we have <laughs> one on that. Um, so I mean, you're you're talking about. Um, it just popped in my head the portal body and mineral springs it's funny uh but you're you're talking about um uh, like doorways between different planes of existence um there are a couple of them they're at mineral springs um actually in our voices of mineral springs video there's a moment there uh down all the way in the basement with uh with lee ehrlich and chris sutton where um there's a upflow vortex that's uh, currently happening. And, um, you know, that was the first time I'd ever seen it because we hadn't spent a lot of time down there. It's showing up on, on Lee's phone and, you know, Lee, and Chris is talking about, yeah, yeah, you know, we, we get a vortex a lot down here. Upflow vortex, um, 
it's a good vortex. It, it's actually um, positive energy that is uh, rising from the ground right there. So that's a good one. Maybe that explains why alleys feel so relaxed, so good down there. Yeah, yeah. You never have any problems yeah, down no. there. And I mean, I've had uh, something, somebody, you know, touch me and stuff down there, but it's not the same. It's it's a different kind of energy down there. And, you know, like I said, when I'm down there, it just feels like the whole, the energy is just going around and around. You can just feel it going around, but um, it doesn't cause, and for someone who's got vertigo a lot, it doesn't really cause much of that. So, yeah, I, I could... I don't know if I could do it alone, but I could, I could close my eyes comfortably down there and just chill out. This is probably mm -hmm. one of the more relaxing spots in the entire building for me, other than the couch in the lobby at, at inside Mineral Springs in between. It's raining Zen and Indigo Moon, of course, because <laughs> I spend a lot of time on that couch. Yeah. yeah. Um, just to confirm down there, yeah, that was uh, Mackinac Island. Mackinac Island. It's, it's actually a really, really nice area of Michigan. Um, you know, of course, the lake, you got the island. Uh, there's Fort, uh, Fort Michelin Mackinac is there. Um, and right along the lake there, too. I visited there when I was 13, going on 14, um, with my aunt and uh, her friend Linda and Linda's son, Dave, anybody from the Ohio area, you guys know, uh, especially North, uh, Northeastern Ohio, Ohio, uh, Dave Chadowski. Um, he's one of the sports commentators up there, uh, these days. But, uh, so we went on a trip up there when we were kids and along the lake there, we were actually finding fossil remains like real fossil remains inside the rocks. It was really, really cool. So there's a lot of wonderful stuff up there. And it's a very pretty area too. So if you get a chance to go up there and visit, definitely do it. So um, let's see what else I got in the sense here. All right. So um, why is this acting weird? Okay. So from Patricia, how do you avoid spirits following you home? I tell them, don't follow me home. <laughs> I mean, I lay down the law. I mean, that's, that's, everybody has their different thing, you know, and I, I believe, and we've talked about this a number of times that, you know, if you wholeheartedly believe it works for you, whether, you know, it's a stone or a pendant that you carry, whether there's a prayer that you say, or you get in a circle and you, and you do different things, um, then it'll work for you as long, as long as you wholeheartedly have that faith and belief that that will happen. Um, Freddie mentioned that on the show earlier, having that faith um, on, on edge of the rabbit hole. Um, so, I mean, I don't do a whole lot, but um, there have been moments where um, you know, I was just walking out of a building and it kind of feels something hanging around, just turn around. No, you are not coming home with me. You stay here, not allowed to follow. Ooh. Yeah, I if if I've been around something like angry or something that I don't feel comfortable being around, if I lay down the law, I haven't noticed anything negative following me home. Um, it didn't used to be that way, where I didn't realize I was just always under the impression that they just did whatever they wanted, you know, and that you know me saying no, you can't do this. Well, 
yeah, I can, you know, who's going to stop me, you know? Right. you know, don't know if it's like, well, Patricia, you know, you write vampire uh, in that genre. So it's like, you know, is it the same thing as a spirit can come to your door, but unless you invite them in, they're like, well, I guess I got to stay out here. You know what I mean? So I didn't know, I don't know what the rules are over there, but I do know that um, I, there's some good energy out there too. And I know it follows me home. I'm a hundred percent positive of that, but the laws that I lay down, if they follow me home, uh, just the ones that I'm curious about that I don't mind that they're around me that I want to know more about is just don't let my kids see you, you know, don't, don't interact with my kids, you know, just, just talk to me, um, do things around me. I don't want them to see you. You know, they may or may not understand and may not want to deal with it. It could frighten them. So just don't, don't interact with them. Um, it doesn't always, it doesn't always frighten me. I'm not really scared of it. It's just sometimes it'll out of nowhere will come or, you know, every once in a while before I go to sleep at night, you know, it's just, I know there's stuff in there. Well, you've seen it. Mm -hmm. Um, the twinkles that go in there or, um, I know Rita visits me at night. Yep. Um, uh, every night, actually, um, someone touches me every night before I go to bed and it's not him. <laughs> someone touches me on the face every night, you know, and it's coming from my side. So I, I know it's oh, not. I have to rough this person up. <laughs> uh, Rita might kick your butt, you know? Oh well, yeah. If it's Rita, I have to make yeah. an exception there. I feel but, like it's um, her because yeah. it didn't happen before she died so right. i have to think that it's her and just be thankful that she's not doing anything else <laughs> to mm -hmm. mess with me so um yeah if you if you don't want anybody to follow you home you know and uh, the logic that i used to use at the cafe with byron if i just didn't want him to follow me home that night was like you know i need you to stay here because if you're with me all the time at my house i don't have a reason to come visit you know, I want to be able to come see you here too. So you got to stay here sometimes. So there you go. Yeah. Yeah. And Ashley chimed in about the Michigan thing. I also love visiting Sault Ste. Marie. Yep. Uh, I went and did the locks up there at that, that same trip. So they're wanting to know the difference between uh, the portals and vortexes. Um, vortexes or vortices? Vortices? I think. In any case, yeah. So portal. <laughs> Portal is uh, more of a doorway, a gateway between uh, the different planes of existence um, where a vortex is more of energy flow, energy dis displacement. So um, a little bit different there, although I would say my own personal opinion, they're very related uh, because you would need that type of uh, energy in order for the portal to work between in order to go between those different planes of existence. Um, that's, but that's really the, the difference to me. I mean, unless you have anything you want to chime in on that. The <clears throat> cafe had a portal mm -hmm. and I actually saw it on video once. Um, and I had to watch it several times to make sure I was seeing what I was seeing because, um, and we had, it was a point where we had left cameras running and then left and just to see what happened. And then we came back um, and we were watching the footage and now, you know, the place is dusty. So a lot of the dust balls mm -hmm. flying around, 
other people call them orbs. I call them dust. And they were flying around, flying around, flying around. But then there was this one, and it was bigger than the rest of them. And it gave off light. You know, meanwhile, there was no, you know, there was really no, no light, you know. But this one gave off its own light. And then it was moving kind of slow towards the center of the room. And then it just, it just disappeared. And when it came back out, you know, it wasn't a whole lot. You could see it coming out like it was coming out uh, from behind something. And it was just slowly showing itself as it was coming out. So it was changing, you know, and then finally it was out again and it was a full circle and it just went and off it went. You know, um, I'm not going to blow that one off as dust. Uh, and I blow off just about everything. Yeah, um, but I yeah, cannot. Certainly a lot. Yeah, I I cannot um, I cannot blow that one off. Um, a because it gave off its own light, and B because it disappeared into one spot in the center of a room, and it came back out, and you could see it. You know, the circle gradually showing itself as it's coming out from behind or from out of whatever it was in, and then eventually uh, it went back in and it was just gone and we never saw that same anomaly again so we just chalked it up as to that little place right there in the middle of the room mm -hmm. uh no walls and nothing just right there dead center in the middle of the room that it had to be some kind of portal or something <clears throat> yeah if it's if it's continually coming from the same spot i'll say that the more the most interesting portal photograph i'd say now we throw out a lot of photos but this one was really interesting because I was I wasn't there when the photo was taken, but um, I was there for an investigation at this cemetery, and I couldn't see how the photo could have possibly been captured there. And basically, it was of a, a it was a bush and a headstone combination. There was a headstone there, and the bush had like kind of grown up around it. And this photograph was like this like this bar of light that expanded outward so you had like a real strong bar like this and then it kind of like expanded off to the side this was earlsboro cemetery by the way in oklahoma but through that middle part between this bar and the thing that it kind of expanded into you could see like a room beyond it that was really interesting you're looking at it and like that's a freaking room back there like you were actually seeing this this gateway this portal into some other I mean, and seriously like some other dimension or maybe into another place in the world or another place in the universe or something like that almost like a wormhole sort of type of portal do you think that there was uh, a building there before the cemetery was mm -mm. Maybe no somehow? no it would just been it just would have been land uh before that so um yeah um really really interesting stuff um Earl's Burl is, um, oh, God, who was the, there was an outlaw. Um, I can't even think of which outlaw it was. That, that was basically his, his base of operations, his hometown. It's a ghost town now. Uh, very few people live there, but um, yeah, I mean, it was very cool. Well, let's go. Let's go. <laughs> let's go. All right. So, um, and Nick Moulet does confirm it's vortices. <clears throat> Thank you, Nick. So, um Tom McNicholas says, I have a video of Shauna and a Vortex at Mineral Springs. Awesome. Mm -hmm. By the way, <clears throat> I got some orange ginger mint tea in my 
mug that I got from Zen. Actually, that I got from Donna and Dave from Mississippi Mud Pottery, which is just right there in the same neighborhood. Uh, orange ginger mint tea from It's Raining Zen. And it's very good. Okay. Um, Donna, uh, you're sending me this. I'm not, I'm kind of understanding. I know that I know that Eagle Feather is April, but the what it says in here, Shane, does it always listen? And what do the wrinkles look like? Sometimes I think, it must be Shauna. It came off as Shane. Shauna, does it always listen? And what do the wrinkles look like? Sometimes I think I see the same thing. Okay. Going back to what you are talking about before. <clears throat> does it always what? I'm sorry. Does it, what do the wrinkles look like? Sometimes I think I see the same thing. Does it always listen? Okay, never mind. We'll skip that one. For Does now. it always listen? Who? I don't know. Is what you were talking about before? I was talking about the. You're talking about the balls and stuff, but yeah. I think it was before that. Oh. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Are we talking about remember. Byron? Yeah. <coughs> so, well, we'll skip that one for now until maybe we could possibly remember. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, from Ashley. What would you do if one of your children told you they hear people who aren't there? Uh, whoever's having this happen to a child, it will be the age of six next month. Uh, I've been there. That's that's how. Um, whenever I very first started investigating, uh, before I knew that I had the control that I had over. Let's talk about twinkles. It came off as wrinkles. Oh. Okay. <laughs> twinkles. Do they listen? No. No. I no. mean, if they did, I'd know more about them. I don't know what they are. I'm not 100% sure. I just know they're everywhere. Uh, they, they literally go everywhere. And I'll see them outside, you know, like when I'm driving. And sometimes I see them in like the same spot, mm -hmm. you know, all the time. Well, he's seen them. I've seen them. Too. Definitely right in front of the car. Like, yeah. okay. Well, yeah. It's weird. Yeah, they've, um, they've been in the bedroom. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what they want. But ever since then. I don't know, but they're just, they, they just go everywhere. Like every day I see them. So, uh, and you know, we've had the recorder running. They really, they don't make sound. Mm -mm. Um, they don't talk and I never see more than one in a room at a time. Except That's for not one true. Time, except yep. for one time. Goldenrod. <clears throat> yeah. That was, that was the first and only time. And since then it's always been just. And sometimes, you know, the little balls of light, you know, we'll see not the big ones that we saw on the boat, but, you know, I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't really know what, what they are, what they want, but. Okay. So um, back to what Ashley was asking about children. Yeah. Before um, I realized that I could tell them to stay home and they would listen, um, they, they were not staying home. And my oldest son um, actually saw one of the spirits from the cafe and it wasn't one of the nice ones um, but I actually knew this one when he was still alive and he, he was not a nice person uh, I'm very thankful that he didn't do anything to harm uh, my, my kids uh, since he was in their room and uh, he told me who what he saw and it wasn't until he described what he looked like that I realized that, Oh my God, I, 
don't want that one following me home, you know? So I uh, immediately went back to the cafe and was like, look, you know, you cannot come home with me anymore ever at all. You are not welcome there. Um, you know, you stay here, stay away from my kids, stay away from me. You know, it, it's kind of bad to say that because we're coming up into his home. Yeah. Uh, and actually it was the place of business, uh, a family owned business. His home used to be Rita's house. Oh, actually, okay. Wow. I didn't realize that. Yeah. He, that was, that was, that, that was his, that, he lived in that house. Hmm. So uh, she saw him more than I did, unfortunately. Uh, we do have him on audio, and he is a creepy-sounding guy. So um, I had to explain a little bit to my kids. Be like, look, you know, um, if from now on, you know, if you see something, let me know. You know, and I guess he'd been seeing it for a little bit and didn't say anything because I guess he didn't know if I would believe him or not. Because I guess to him, you know, it would, it would make him sound like he was crazy. Uh, and then, but then I, I told him, I was like, don't, don't keep stuff like that for me. You know, uh, you have to tell me that stuff, no matter how crazy it sounds, you know, you tell me and I'll believe you. And then I will, I will do something about it. And he never saw anything after that. So, uh, must've worked. Awesome. Um, so from April, uh, she was wondering, uh, you tell them not to bother your kids? Do they listen? Um, they have so far. Uh, and now I think, then, well, actually, that's not entirely true. Whenever I moved to Alton, the house that I was staying in was very haunted. Uh, and that was, that was actually their first, their first experience because the both of them saw a shadow upstairs. Um, against the wall and it was just the three of us downstairs and so you know mom and then they were kind of freaked out thinking hey you know what is that or b did someone break in you right know? well of course you know we were there <clears throat> so and then the cafe happened after that so moved from one haunted house to another one and i kind of felt bad you know exposing my kids to it um, yeah, but you didn't know that when you moved into it. No, no, I didn't know that. So, um, but that, but the cafe had a lot of activity for a lot, a lot of years. Uh, and when we, after, since then, talked to previous owners, they were like, oh yeah, you know, why do you think we closed early? <laughs> right. It's like, gotcha. <clears throat> oh my goodness. From Debbie Quick. I'm sick forever. Yeah. Hopefully it ends here soon. Um, from Debbie Quick, uh, do you think any of your children have your abilities? If any of them would develop them, I think it'll be my oldest. Uh, just because he's the one that's experienced it. Um, the other one, you know, so you know, I saw a shadow, but um, you know, my oldest is, is the only one that's really come forward. Um, I would like to think that my younger one would come forward if he saw <laughs> something like that. But, um, but the older one, uh, his, he's, he's got quite a vivid imagination too. I mean, the stuff that he likes to read about and, you know, the things that he likes to do, he's, if anybody would be open to it, it would be that one. 
I mean, my daughter was definitely open to it. Um, she used to actually go on investigations when she was around 16 years old. Um, she didn't pursue that like I did, but, um, you know, she definitely has some sensitivities. Um, and, you know, Vanessa could even talk about that because they saw something together on one particular investigation. So um, the others, um, I'd like to think the youngest, um, that he has some of that going on. Um, the other two, <laughs> it just wasn't their thing. <laughs> um, very, very different kids, um, different from each other, but also different from the, the getting into, um, you know, paranormal, supernatural, all that um, wasn't necessarily their thing. Having those types of abilities, um, I guess you'd call them a little more practical. That's I mean, kind of like my dad, kind of like my dad in that regard. Um, so that would, that, that would, my mom, she's just like, yeah, if, if you say it happened, I believe you. Yeah. But she doesn't, you know, she'll hear like EVPs and stuff like that when we play them for, she'd be like, oh yeah, I heard that, you know, but she doesn't really, I think I, her filter system is very strong. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it just really is to her. It's just, yeah, it's just cool building, I guess, yeah. you know, but she, uh, my dad is, he's skeptic, but he's open-minded. Um, after going with me to some of these places, he has started, he has experienced yeah, I think he's a little now. bit open and more open than my dad. Yeah. He's, 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 he's opening up more as time goes on. Hello, Leslie fear. Yep. Yep. Leslie's down there. Leslie fear. Yay. Um, other people coming in here. Uh, Jennifer Tinker. Good to see you. Uh, Stephanie Gregg is in the house too. So thank you all for joining. Um, yeah. With, with my parents, my mom actually admitted uh, a few months back that, and, and I figured she always did because she would buy the ghost books when we would go to different historical locations. She's the one that bought me um, Yankee Ghost by Hans Holzer as we were moving out of Massachusetts. Um, so I, I pretty much already knew that she believed she just wasn't coming forth and being very vocal about it, probably because of my dad. Um, you know, he's been pretty adamant about not believing in any of that stuff, even though he has the experience that mm -hmm. he has described and told before. Um, and I'm like, dad, that's a ghost story. He's like, no, 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 no. Um, <laughs> but you know, my mom did throw in there when she was admitting that she does, she does believe in ghosts that she does believe in uh, the paranormal and the supernatural that she's like, and your father does too, but he'll never admit it. <laughs> he'll never admit it, but he does too. So, <laughs> so that was pretty funny. Um, yeah, my dad's pretty cool about it though, too, because he'd be like, Hey, have you ever been to, you know, this cemetery? <laughs> that's how I find out, you know, some of the cemeteries or some of the places. That's how we found 217 Terror. Yeah. Yeah. So yep. my dad, he'd be like, Hey, go and saw this old, you know, building. You know anything about it? You know, do you want to take the bike out there sometime? And now that it's getting warmer, it's time for some father daughter adventures on the motorcycle again. So, Tom McNicholas asks, what do you say to skeptics that confront you? I mean, I just, I don't necessarily care. Um, I mean, yeah. Seriously. No, I mean, I had a guy that I worked with. I was actually uh, essentially locked in a room with him for a good month because there was a project that he and I were working together, together on. And so they just kind of put us in a little office together, working across from each other. 
so it gave us a lot of time to, to talk and he knew I was into all the, the ghost stuff and I knew that he was a skeptic, um, an atheist skeptic at that. And so we would have conversations uh, about it and he was actually, a, you know, <clears throat> very nice guy. He was first skeptic. I'll say that he was open-minded and he articulated his, his point of views very well. Um, although there was a time that in the office when, uh, it, not with me, but with somebody else that, um, he, he said that he didn't believe in the soul <laughs> and this guy was like a diehard Christian. And so mm -hmm. they were like going at it and that came out at some point in the, in the back and forth, back and forth. And, you know, the, the one guy was just like, well, you know, well, what do you think is going to happen with your soul? And you guys like, I don't, I don't believe in a soul. <laughs> so I was like, was he a ginger? <laughs> No, he was a blonde. He was Gingers a blonde. don't have souls. Yeah, no, he was he was a blonde. But um, so he and I were having a conversation, and I'm just like, okay, so, um, you know, so what do you think happens? He's like, well, you know, there's a lot of things that I've seen that you would call paranormal. I'm just like, okay, so what do you call that? And he's like, I just call something I can't yet explain. And so we're having like this back and forth and i'm just like well what about this what about that and he's like well i just i can't explain that yet and that's that was this whole thing that it even if you've gone through all these lengths to show like you know and ruled out everything else because that's what we do is you know we, we rule out you know the different things that could be happening physically um any real world type of stuff that could be going on and if we rule it all out it's like well that could very well be paranormal he rules all that stuff out and to him he's left with i just can't explain it yet okay I've so had, i've had that similar yeah so it's yeah what i've basically taken away from talking with skeptics um over the course of time is that they're pretty much always going to be there 99.9 percent .9 of the time that's where they're at um and same with the person that believes everything that they encounter is something paranormal. It's extremely hard to convince people that are on those polar ends of anything. They are set whichever end of the spectrum. It's the people in the middle that you can actually, um, if you're looking to sway an opinion, it's the people that are in the middle teetering, tottering between the two different points of views that you can, if you're trying, like I said, if you're trying to get people to your side to actually bring to your side. Yeah. Oh, sides forget it. I just, I had, you know, I've been called crazy before. It's like, yeah. okay. Okay. You know, it's like, just because you've never experienced anything doesn't mean that it doesn't exist. And maybe you don't experience anything because they don't like you. And it's okay to be afraid of the unknown. And man, you talk about piss somebody off after uttering those last two. It's okay to be afraid. Maybe they just don't like you. It's like, there you go. I'm sorry. Justin Brown saying, my dad finally was open about the haunting we dealt with at my childhood home a few years before his death. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, knowing your time is short changes perspective. Yeah, yeah, certainly. So, um, Maria Craig is in the house saying hello to everybody. All right. Good to see you, Maria. Hi, Cindy. <laughs> That's family in the house. Um, all right. So um, April says, uh, one on her dad's side, I did a card reading and got the sense 
in the cards that they are powerful that they learn to tap into. I honestly believe she can astral project while she's sleeping because when sleeping, she would tell me that her friend picks her up at night and they fly to the clouds. Also something about seeing her friend's mom and the way she described her sounded really scary. This would uh, this was not something she could have imagined. She was two years old. Interesting. So astral projecting as a two-year-old. And, you know, there's a lot of uh, beliefs out there that up until you're about five, six years old, that you can really um, continue to do these things. And as you get older, you kind of, you kind of lose that as you're indoctrinated into the world. Um, and you're, you know, constantly being told that, you know, these things aren't real. Um, but uh, you know, for those first few years, you still have that connection with the, uh, with the spirit realm. And so, um, yeah, it gets harder as adults to try to astral project. I've tried to astral project as an adult. The closest I ever came, I was still in high school, you know, so. I feel like I've done it. I've just, I wasn't trying and I probably couldn't do it if I tried. Um, but there's no way to explain the events that I saw. And then to find out later that those events actually happened, except for I wasn't in the building. So how did I see that? Right. You know, did I astrally project or did I just mentally tune in and not leave? Like, I have no idea. But, yeah. 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 With me, I wasn't trying to astral project. I was, what I was trying to do was, I don't know if many of you have seen the movie uh, Dreamscape. So I guess there's been a couple of variations of it. Um, the one that I was familiar with was the one from the 80s with uh, Dennis Quaid. And through that, through using dreams, I mean, I essentially was able to ask or project into different people's dreams. I was just trying to see what I could do with the dream world. And so, um, you know, I was, without really knowing it, putting myself into like a hypnotic state. And, you know, I just or meditative state, I guess, um, just kind of really slowed down my breathing and just really, really, really relaxed myself. And I got to a point in which I was, you know, laying on the bed, I was doing this at night. Um, and it was like waves and I'm going up and down waves. I'm going up and down waves. I could feel like feel my body up and down, up and down like that. And then there was like this little bit of an electric feel. And I just, I started freaking out right there. Like, oh my God, what the hell is going on? <laughs> and boom, I was out of it. But um, years later, as I started finding out a little bit more about uh, OBE, out-of-body experience, um, that's kind of the way it was being described. You're feeling those uh, wave feelings and that electric feeling and then, you know, coming out of your body. And I just didn't get to that coming out of the body part. Uh, so I was like, wow, okay, I've done that before. Now, anytime as an adult that I've tried it, I just usually fall asleep. <laughs> <laughs> I just crash out. Because <laughs> I was trying to do that when we lived apart. And so I was like, and we talked about this for a while when we first got together, you know, you know, to try to come visit you in the middle of the night. And I would just end up crashing out. Yeah, when you get older, you get tireder. Yeah, you're you're working harder, staying up all hours of the night, doing things, working on Hunter Road Media stuff, and yeah, crashing out. So, um, Karen Barclay says, I saw myself in a mirror in a dream, and I looked nothing like me. It was frightening. Why is this? That's interesting. Past life? Are you talking about like something scary looking or that you just look like another person? 
Yeah, good question. Um, and you know, thinking past life is that's an interesting idea because the mirror, you know, reflection of a mirror, a reflection of yourself. And so, why would she be seeing something frightening? Yeah. So if it if it was a past life, that would make sense. Maybe something happened to her in a past life. Yep. I mean, I've seen my own death in a dream from a past life. So that would make some sense. Um, okay, so Justin Brown, do you think that natural DMT release in the brain has anything to do with astral projection, outer body experience? Uh, it could. Um, and I know a lot of people will try to experiment with uh, DMT in order to do that. So um, they could very well be uh, correct in, in believing that. So I haven't tried to do that myself. So um, I'm just, I would be speaking only from what I've heard and a little bit that I've read on that. So, um, so from Betty Lange down there is grand old folks. How much did movies and books influence either of you in your beginnings? Mine just kind of happened. Yeah. Like I really was your beginnings was you were already an adult Yeah, and you had a ghost in the house. Yeah. Like I didn't read about any of that. I was like all music all the time. That is all I did. Um, you know, the closest thing to ghost movies that I got was like Scooby-Doo. Okay. Like, like that was my beginnings, but I never, you know, wanted to follow in their footsteps. Then I just, it wasn't until, you know, um, a child spirit just started interacting with me on the daily that even got me started. And that was back in 2000 four yeah yeah you yeah. said it was about 2004 when you first I mean, told me the story yeah and i didn't have any experiences before that that i can remember um yeah so my, you were already 30 yeah yeah like my younger sister had an imaginary friend that i never saw felt heard smelled anything you know and you know she but i didn't have one of those you know, I like, had a few. <laughs> yeah, like my, my I filter, had a few. <clears throat> my filter game was strong now. Uh, I guess. Jade's in the house. Yeah, Jade. Jade's down there. All right. Shanghai. Shanghai. Awesome. There you go. Um, yeah, so for me, uh, a lot more <laughs> prevalent than you. <laughs> um, it's funny you mentioned Scooby-Doo because when I used to watch that as a kid, I always wanted anytime that they were interacting with the monster or the ghost or whatever it was, you know, you'd always have Velma be like, there's no such thing as ghosts. And I just want, I was every single episode, unless I'd already seen it. It was like, I hope this one's real. I hope this one's real. I wanted them to come across a real ghost, you know? So, um, you know, which of course never happened until the movies, the movies ended up going with some real stuff, which was like, okay, finally, but now I'm an adult. So, um, yeah. So, well, as a writer, you know, I was writing some of that stuff um, and I started writing when I was seven years old. So it was mostly mystery stuff because I wanted to, uh, I love mystery. I love the Encyclopedia Brown books when I was that age. And so I was trying to mimic those and I was writing my own little mysteries and stuff. Um, I wrote some little ghost stories. Uh, somehow as a seven-year-old, I was aware of The Raven by Edgar Allan Poe because I incorporated that into one of my little short stories of walking down a street of haunted houses. Um, I was also writing historic fiction back then as well. So it just, it sounds crazy for a seven year old, but yeah, that, that's me. Um, I kind of mentioned earlier the uh, book Yankee ghosts that my uh, mother had given me when we moved out of uh, 
Massachusetts as kind of an interesting way to remember the area of the country in which I grew up. So um, it took me a couple stories of reading, because I was actually reading as we were driving to Ohio to realize these are actually true stories. Um, But, you know, I, I mean, there were books, I'm trying to think it was that, um, was it the house on Hackman's Hill? Um, really, really cool um, supernatural ghost story, haunted house that also incorporates some ancient Egyptian stuff because um, there was an Anubis statue that was there. Uh, freaked me out as a kid because, um, you know, this this statue would essentially come to life in the middle of the night searching for its, what it came down to was its eyes. It had like this thing that would go over its eyes on the statue and it would be clawing at the door of this kid in the middle of the night because he's looking for the eyes Ugh. yeah i know it's really it's really creepy that sounds like a good friday night ghost right yeah yeah that would that would oh and, and speaking of we had um the golden arm uh friday night ghost fresh from a couple years ago and that was one uh that story that would be played during you know milk time in first grade that was always the favorite one of the class was the golden arm mm. there's all kinds of stories that she would play on record and uh, that was always a favorite was the golden arm um another cool little ghost story so yeah all that stuff as i got older amityville horror um right that as a freshman in high school and i wanted to go to the house to see what really went on there and the little girlfriend that i had at the time thought i was nuts for wanting to go there um of course now i believe the uh, it was a hoax but um but that's what i wanted to do at that age so yeah all those things very influential um yeah i mean i watched a number of those movies but back in the 80s it was uh you had more of like your slasher movies you know not like i I like these days how it's gone more toward um more toward the supernatural thrillers and the hauntings and and things like that um rather than i mean you know freddy krueger was huge back then but that really didn't put me in a mood of wanting to investigate the paranormal um you know, it's, it's more, I mean, really, even though it's, you know, very, very little uh, is actually true within the movies. If they would have had like the Conjuring series back in the 80s, I would have been all over that. The movie that, that made me want to do it, Rose Red. Okay. Okay. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. I watched that whenever it first came on. I remember it came on in, in two parts because it was so long. You know, and then they had part two right after part one. Like I was just still sitting there like, I can't believe I didn't get up or move or breathe or anything, <laughs> you know. And then finally I, I ran, <laughs> you know, to go get a drink yeah. or whatever. And I sat there throughout that whole thing. I'm like, I want to do that. I want to do that. There you go. You know, but this was going on. Whenever I saw that movie for the first time, it was while I was living in mom's house. Okay. You know, I was like really want to do this you know like i'm sitting here talking to this this little girl but you know i want to go to other places and talk to others you know or can i sit here and make them come to me how does that work you know and now here we are yeah here we are i mean six cents was one six cents was the one that made me realize what an evp was um and it finally made that connection between what i've been reading in hans holzer's book and being able to actually capture spirit voices on a uh, audio tape um what was the movie? It was a, I think it was a Disney movie that had the Banshee in it. Um, God, I can't remember what the name of it was. 
it freaked me out, but I loved it. <laughs> the, 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 the Banshee. Um, and then there, there was the old show, uh, the ghost of Mrs. Muir. And I just loved it because I had a ghost in it, you know? So anything with ghosts, I was definitely into. Um, all right. So the chat went way the heck up. So <laughs> let's see. Um, I just scroll all the way down. So, uh, Lynn Bowling saying Rose red was good. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, so yeah, reading Amityville horror age 11, <clears throat> Robert Hanna, do you believe the Lutz's claims? No, no, there's, there's a lot of stuff that's kind of come forward since then about, um, them creating the story with, um, with the lawyer over like a couple of bottles of wine and stuff like that. So, um, no, I mean the, the true horror of Amy Deville was, uh, which the murders was Butch DeFeo and, and murdering the family and whether or not you believe his sister Donna was involved. Cause there's a lot of people that believe that, um, she may have been, I don't know. Um, it, it's, it's interesting how there's, there have been, you know, multiple people, multiple people that have gone in there to investigate the house. Like the Warrens had their seances uh, in there. Hans Holzer was in there and he came away with a, you know, a pissed off Indian spirit, Native American spirit. Um, and I, you know, kind of believe that a little bit more than, um, you know, than what the Warrens came up with. Certainly don't believe what the Lutzes were going on about. I mean, there were, you know, um, you know, when it comes to Jody the pig, you know, it was, it was the neighborhood cat and stuff like that. Um, some of the different neighbors had, you know, were talking about that they never actually saw the Lutzes unpacked, that their, their boxes were still packed. So it was almost like they had, you know, they'd gone to the house, but didn't ever really live there. So, um, I am going to do some Friday night ghost rights episodes, at least, at least one. I've, I've never actually sat down and done an episode on Amityville, you know, with all the research and stuff that I've done over the years on it. And I guess I've never actually done one because I want to make sure that I get all of my thoughts on the matter out correctly and make sure I have all the facts uh, lined up correctly as well in because it's such a lightning rod topic, Amityville. Um, you know, I just, I just want to make sure I have what I want to say the the way I want to say it. So one of these days, hopefully soon I'll do that. So, um, Betty Lane, love ghosts with Whoopi. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. And there, and there are some things about that movie that, people talk about could very well be real like have him having to focus his energy to like move the coin and stuff like that um that could like legitimately be the case and it's a good um it's a good method while investigating you know um just ask you know it, you know can you you know can i not see you can i not is it because you know is it is it about focus you know, um, is it about, you know, are you, you know, I'm sure, you know, can you try, you know, really hard, you know, really focus, you know, let me see, maybe they just don't want you to see it, you know, I, I don't know how it works, but I feel like, I feel like it's a mix. I feel like, um, you know, if they want to do it, they will, you know, but then 
like with Molly, you know, I feel like, you know, I've been going up there, been going up there, been going yep. up there. And then um, all of a sudden, you know, it hadn't occurred to me before, you know, I just thought it was just someone from another room, you know, coming in. And so I, you know, and then one, and then it just felt different. And, um, you know, and then the conditions were just favorable that night, you know, for it. And I was a little more open uh, to it than usual, I guess. And then, you know, things just kind of quieted down around me. And then all of a sudden, you know, there it was. And then, you know, maybe it was a combined, you know, energy or like a, it was a mix of, you know, me, you know, given those thoughts that I was having, you know, its own energy. And then hers like, oh my God, you know, she can actually, I think she wanted to be seen. <laughs> I think she yeah. just, she wanted to be felt. She wanted to be heard. I think she just needed some help. So I'm chalking it up to that. I'm not giving up. <laughs> I'm going to find out who she is. I really will. It's going to be hard, but I feel like I'm getting close though. Like, I don't know if I'll be able to find documentation, but her last letter with her last name, just, you know, come loud and clear on my way home from work one night. And like enough to where I, I kind of slowed down for a minute and I was like, should I pull over? What's going on? You know, should I pull over? Is this like a breakthrough? Right. You know, and I was like, no, I don't, I'm tired. I just work for, you know, I don't, okay, maybe it'll happen again at home, you know, but the letter, I, I think about it every day though. So I feel like, I feel like it's something. Cool. Um, Stephanie Gregg asking, did Ronald DeFeo kill them all alone? It's going back to Amityville. Uh, good question. I don't think so. I think he did have some help. I mean, the, the, the big indicator is big Ronnie, um, his father, uh, when he, uh, it does appear that he got out of bed and he was placed back in the bed and Butch, I mean, he was a very skinny dude at the time. Big Ronnie was called big Ronnie for a reason. <laughs> he weighed about three times as much as, as Butch. So, um, so he would have had some help to put him back into that bed. Um, the weather was dawn. There's some people that speculate, maybe a couple of the friends, um, were there at the beginning and then bailed out. Um, you know, of course the most, the most bizarre thing of it is, um, how did, how did the shots go off without being heard? The movie, which is incorrect, makes it out to be that, you know, it's just the very beginning of the movie it makes it out to be that it was storming at the time. And so people mistook it for, you know, crashes of thunder. Well, there was no storm going on at the time. And the houses, if you look at the neighborhood, are actually very close to each other. So how did nobody hear those shots? It's bizarre. So um, Leslie Fear saying pretty much became a writer because of Stephen King, The Shining. Very cool. Um, Lynn Bowling started with Twilight Zone and Night Gallery when I was five. Twilight Zone for sure. Uh, Alfred Hitchcock presents. Mm, so yeah, yeah. So like our local TV station there in Massachusetts would would do Twilight Zone marathons um, or Alfred Hitchcock marathons. And if it was a if it was a weekend, and uh, my mom would stay up with me and we'd watch that stuff together. It was pretty wild. So blame my mom for me staying up late. <laughs> um, I forgive her because she's a hell of a baker. Yes, yes. For real. She got to try, Shauna got to try cheese Coogan for the first time today. Awesome stuff. It's actually uh, recipes from my uh, father's side of the family. That's the German side. Uh, my mother is Polish and Hungarian, but she is a fantastic cook, baker, all yes, of that. Yes, yeah. she is. 
So, all right. Um, if you guys have any other questions, and because we are we're over an hour here, <laughs> so pretty good for a uh, and taking our show that we usually do on YouTube and throwing it up there on YouTube Live and just seeing what happens. So, and not really having a specific topic, we just rolled with it. And they're saying yes to Alfred Hitchcock. Oh yeah, yeah, loved Hitchcock. So, um, uh, Betty saying Doctor Who played with ghosts. Yep, yep. So yeah, there's so yeah. I mean, all, there's a lot of pop culture influences in in everything that we do here, and I think it's because mainstream hasn't really wanted to touch it because it's you're supposed to be crazy if you see that stuff right you have those experiences or what have you so it's it's been other aspects of pop culture that have had to explore that that have had to put it up there on the screen to in their own way let people know that they're not alone that there are are other people out there that have had these experiences um, a lot more accepted these days, which is great, but, um, it, it took a lot of those, you know, earlier influences, uh, for, for people like us to be able to, to connect. So, yeah. All right. Um, yes. Send good, good vibes out to Wayne, Betty's husband for his cancer checkup. So definitely. Uh, so Justin, have you thought more about using Restream to stream to Facebook and YouTube at the same time? I do use um, Restream. So we use Restream to simulcast from YouTube to um, Periscope and Twitch for Edge of the Rabbit Hole, uh, which we were doing the same thing for Inside the Upside Down. Uh, Justin, you would have missed it uh, earlier. I explained it at the end of Edge of the Rabbit Hole in the beginning of this. So basically... Um, I, I've worked with a group on, you know, trying to, um, grow the YouTube channel. And basically what we had seen is that ever since we had, um, really started with, uh, inside the upside down, something was going on with the YouTube channel that was basically suppressing it. In fact, a lot of our regular, regularly posted videos, like our uh, paranormal investigations and all that, which had been getting thousands of views whenever we posted it, were suddenly, you know, just getting hundreds and it would take like forever to get into the thousands like it had been. Um, I was like, what in the heck is going on? Um, and so one of the things that they had noticed is, is the effect of the amount of live streaming that we do on our channel, what it's doing to our other videos. And um, so the back-to-back live streams that we were doing seems to have been having an effect on the channel. Um, so we're popping this one over to, um, Facebook for a little while just to see if what the effect will have on the YouTube channel, if that'll help improve things at all. And my intention right now is to just for for a temporary period of time, do this on Facebook for now, maybe do an inside the upside down on, um, on YouTube at some point, again, like maybe one a month or something like that, just to see what happens, just experiment with it. Um, to see if it's able to kind of kick it a little bit. Um, you know, this, uh, this will go up on the podcast as we usually do anyway. So, um, we'll just see what happens. We'll see. So, um, you know, when, when it comes down to, it, we want to try to get as many people out to the, uh, YouTube channel as 
possible, like we were kind of explained before, that whole sharing of information. I mean, we have a great core of people that are out there now, but we do want to reach uh, a wider audience and let even more people you know, know and understand, hey, um, you're not alone out there. All these people, we've all been having these different experiences. Uh, we have a lot of uh, great guests that are coming on right now. We'd like to get, you know, even, you know, even greater guests to, to come on out um, and share their insights and, and information uh, as well. So, um, you know, it's all that kind of cumulative effect, that exponential effect of, you know, trying to, to, to grow the thing. So we're just experimenting right now. We'll see what happens. Um, Leslie, Leslie is asking, what do you two think of the Warrens? I don't know them personally. Well, yeah. <clears throat> um, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, never, never met them personally. I mean, Lorraine just passed away. So, you know, I'm, there's going to be a certain respect there, of course. Um, you know, the forerunner of you know, our field. Um, I, I, I will try to respectfully or say as respectfully as I can that I do believe that they embellished some things, um, but they did help to put this field on the map. Um, very, very influential. A number of things that we do here. Of course, they were going around, you know, teaching. They had their classes and things like that, which were wonderful. Um, you know, but there were a lot of other people before them that came along. Household Server had uh, already been around. Harry Price. You know, you, you go back into you know back into the day. Um, you know, so I mean, yeah, I, I respect who they were, um, but I'm honestly mixed on 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 them. So. You know, from all accounts, from what I've heard, Lorraine was a very lovely person, you know, so, um, so I have to stick with that. I never actually met them. So, um, yeah, so Lynn is saying people are having issues with YouTube, Justin, damn notification bells, the death of us all. Yeah, mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's frustrating with that notification bell out there because you have to get people to click on the damn bell and then always get notified anyway. So, um, you know, it's, yeah, so many are being demonetized and it's like, I'm not even so much concerned about all that stuff anymore. I mean, because when it comes to that, I mean, this is going into a YouTube conversation, which is not the scope of the conversation, but I'll say this, um, the, the amount of money that you make on the, from ads on the videos um, is very, very small compared to other things. Um, and this is one of the things if, if you, if you want some fantastic information and tips on building a YouTube channel, go to video creators. It's run by Tim Schmoyer. Lots of fantastic information. Just binge watch his videos. Okay. Um, awesome, awesome stuff out there. But, um, you know, a lot of what he talks about in his philosophy is, um, you know, building and well building your brand of course um he, a book that he puts a lot of people onto is primal branding great book um it's also you know you're building a business using the youtube channel as a component of that so the ad the ad revenue that you get unless you have like a million subscribers and they're all watching your stuff forever um 
you know, the ad revenue is actually very, very small. Um, it's the other aspects and components of what you're doing that can lead into that. So like with Haunted Road Media, I mean, we're selling books. So, you know, for a number of different authors. So there's that, you know, there's merch that you might sell. You know, when we go live on Edge of the Rabbit Hole, there's Super Chats. So there's, there's different ways to add that. And we take all of that and we invest it right back into everything that we're doing. So um, that's, how, that's how we have, you know, microphone here. <laughs> that, that, that came from some of that stuff. So we're able to, you know, uh, make the quality of what we're doing better to give you guys a better experience. So there we go. It's not all about the money. No, no, it's not. So and it's sad when people think that, right. but it is what it is. Um. So Justin saying, Warrens were good people. Controversial beliefs when dealing with all the alleged demonic cases out there. This field is mostly based on belief, but when people in the para field start making money, it makes you a target. Well, yeah, yeah, it does. So. You know, I think it, I think it really depends on how you're doing it. I mean, I've heard, I mean, still to this day, I can't believe it. There are people that charge for investigations. Oh yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. Don't, I, I don't know. Just, no. just don't do that. Don't do that. Don't take advantage of people like that. Yeah. Um, all right. So we'll go ahead and we'll wrap it up. Um, some other things to take care of uh for the rest of the evening so and we've gone on you know over an hour so um that'll do it <laughs> all right so thank you for joining us out here on facebook instead of youtube um i hope it, it went well and i think we were able to actually reach out to some other people that we don't usually do on the youtube channel so that's kind of cool so, but please, if you haven't yet, so subscribe to us out there. Um, I'm guessing you've already liked the page out here on Facebook if you're watching us right now. So, um, absolutely appreciate it. Um, trying to think who we have on next week for um, Edge of the Rabbit Hole. Oh, Rob Guttrow's coming back. Oh, yay. Yeah, yeah. Rob, I love me some Rob. Rob Guttrow's coming back. We haven't had him on since last September, and that was... Oh my gosh, that was one of those episodes when we first started having the Skype problems and you know, <laughs> Skype forced us to upgrade and it was just a mess because it kept disconnecting and just doing all kinds of weird crap on us. So um, so yeah, so we're going to have Rob back. Uh, that'll be pretty awesome. And um, yeah, yeah, I don't know what we're doing yet for Inside the Upside Down, but we'll figure it out. All right, everybody. Uh, I guess I won't click into the uh the outro screen because the sound didn't connect um so we'll just say good night take care till next time